You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Think about it. Every year from the day after Thanksgiving through December 25th, our, our thoughts are fixed on all that go with Christmas, right? Um, Christmas decorations, Christmas shopping, Christmas wrapping, Christmas parties and gatherings, Christmas food, of course, Christmas services at church, you know, everything that goes with the holiday. And then suddenly, another December 25th comes, another Christmas day comes, and it's gone. And for six days, we find ourselves in what I would classify as the land between. For six days, we, we wait for the ending of one year and the beginning of the next. Am I right? It's just, it's a land between. It's a waiting period. Um, typically, in those six days, we begin to rightfully so formulate uh, plans and hopes and dreams and expectations for the new year. Am I right? There's a, there's a planning that begins to happen. Um, so when we think about that and we think about the coming of a new year, mentally and emotionally, there are a variety of ways that a person could anticipate a new year. For instance, one person might anticipate the coming of a new year with great excitement because of the adventures of the unknown that are ahead. While on the other hand, another person might anticipate the new year with great um, timidity with dread because of the unknowns that the new year will bring, whether they be good or bad. So there are so many ways that we could approach a new year. I believe that the majority of people approach a new year with a do-over mentality. A do-over mentality. When I was a kid growing up back in the 60s and 70s, we played outside a lot. Uh, we played outside all the time. We rode our bikes. We rode them all over town. We didn't have to be home until the street lights came on. Uh, we built forts. We played hide and seek all throughout the neighborhood. I mean, the neighborhood was the boundary. And we used our imaginations and we did something really simple. We played marbles. How many of you played marbles when you were a kid? I didn't say how many lost your marbles. I said how many played marbles. Um, One of the things that I loved about playing marbles is that if you did a bad shot into the pot, if you could yell real quickly, do over, and when you did the yell, do over, it meant that the shot that you just took did not count against you. In other words, you could do it over. You got a fresh start. Well, I tell that story because I believe one of the best ways to approach, to anticipate a new year is with a do-over mentality. Because with every new year comes the opportunity for a fresh start. Every new year, every fresh start, when we begin the year, we have the opportunity to do three very necessary things. We have the opportunity to celebrate. We have the opportunity to evaluate. And we have the opportunity to calibrate. Let's talk about those for just a minute. Let's talk about the celebration. Um, Taking advantage of the new year to celebrate is all about taking the time to stop and examine our lives and um, celebrate the goodness and the faithfulness of God in our lives. And I have not a doubt that every single person in this room, despite the circumstances of 2021, has experienced the goodness and the faithfulness of God. 
So I began to think about that this week. And so often we can take this for granted, but I thought, I have seen the evident goodness and faithfulness of God in my marriage. God's been at work in our marriage. I've just seen the evident faithfulness, the goodness of God. But I've also seen the evident goodness and faithfulness in, uh, of God in my, in my boys, Adam and Zach and their wives, uh, uh, Rachel and Christine. I've seen God at work in their lives and in their marriages. And I've seen the evident goodness and faithfulness of God at work in their kids, Reed, Elias, Maverick. God's been at work. God's been protecting them. He's been good. He's been faithful. He's prospered them this past year despite the circumstances. And so those are some of the things that I find myself, just some of the things if I stop and consider, evaluate, I can celebrate that God has been good and God has been faithful in my family. But what about you? Let's practice this this morning. I'd like for four or five of you to just in a very concise way, Catch that, a very concise way. Just tell us, when you think of God's goodness and faithfulness in your lives this past year, what are some of the things that you would celebrate? Four or five of you, just speak it out loud so we can hear it. Christian friendship. Christian friendship. Healthy family. What else? Employment. Employment. Yeah, we're hitting on some of the simple, the basic things that we so often forget to just say, God, you've been good, you've been faithful. Two or three more. Spiritual growth. Spiritual growth. John? Glad you, the, the, your church, your church family. That's great. One more. G, Grace, uh, Grace Academy. Uh, I don't know how many of you know this, but on our Cornelius campus, we have this incredible school. And God is at work in that school, changing the lives of kids, making impact on them in the future. So celebration, it's so necessary. The new year allows us the time. And so often we're so busy, we don't stop and do this. But to stop and to consider, God, you've been good. You've been faithful. You've, you've always been there throughout the year. I believe that the percentage of success for a better, a fresh start in the new year is uh, significantly increased when we will stop and take time to consider, to celebrate God's goodness and faithfulness. But I also think that the celebration must be followed by a time of evaluation. Evaluation. In other words, the fresh start of a new year. Every new year provides us with the opportunity to evaluate our lives and the progress that we have or have not made. The progress we have or have not made. You know, the the evaluation process of our own lives is not an easy process. Because the evaluation process, when we stop and evaluate our own lives, it, it requires Um, High levels of self-awareness, true, true evaluation requires high levels of self-evaluation and a willingness to be truthful about our inner and our outer life. So we celebrate, but then we take time to evaluate. It's a practice. 
It's actually not something that should just happen on one day before or at the beginning of the new year, but it should be a practice. Celebration should be a daily practice. We don't just remember God's goodness and faithfulness one day of the year, but we should be practicing this every single day of our lives. But the same is true with evaluation, that we would be willing to truly look at our inner life and our outer life and identify the areas where we have and have not made progress. So I want us to practice it this morning. I'm not going to have you call this out, but I want you to close your eyes. I want you, everybody in the room, close your eyes. And I want you to just stop. Whatever's going on in your head, the monkeys, the dogs barking, whatever it is, just tell them to shut up for just a few moments. And I want you to stop. And I want you to begin to evaluate. Evaluate your life first. Evaluate the areas, particularly in your spiritual and emotional growth, where you made progress. And then move on, and I want you to evaluate your life, and I want you to identify, even if it's a little painful, even if it's a a little ouch, identify the areas where you didn't make the progress that you had hoped to. Open up your eyes and just hold on to that for for just, just a moment. We celebrate... We evaluate, but celebration and evaluation, particularly evaluation, should always lead us to a time of calibration. Um, Calibration is when, when we've evaluated and then we take the time to identify and begin to make the necessary life adjustments. Calibration is about making the necessary life adjustments that will bring us into alignment with God's best future for us. Not just what we want, but in alignment with God. I know that you have a great future for me. And so in this time, I want to begin to, I I recognize the areas where I did not make the progress, particularly in our spiritual and emotional growth. I recognize, but I set that before you this year, and I'm going to begin to calibrate my life to bring it into alignment so that I can experience your best future. In Philippians chapter 3, in fact, if you'll take your Bibles and turn there, um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, gives us a perfect example of what personal evaluation and calibration looks like. So if you'll um, turn to Philippians chapter 3, and also you've already taken your teaching notes out. There's a red post-it note on there. Hold on to that. Don't, don't write your grocery list on it, okay? It, it has a greater purpose. Uh, follow along as I read from Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. As Paul writes, he says, Not that I have already obtained all this, Or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward, in Christ Jesus. So what's going on here? When we look at these verses, just three verses, what we see is Paul is taking an honest look at himself. 
Paul is going through the process of evaluating. He's evaluating his life. If we were to take some time to look at the verses just prior to that, we'd get a real glimpse into Paul's heart. Because um, Paul's goals have greatly changed since his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. We can read about that in Acts chapter 9. Paul, when we're first introduced to him in Scripture, his name is Saul, and he hates Christians, and he hates the church. But then he has this encounter with Jesus on his way to Damascus, and everything changes. His desire changes, and now, instead of hating Christians, he wants to know this Jesus that they know. He wants to know Jesus to the fullest possible measure that he possibly can. There's been this tremendous change in his heart. And as he evaluates, he says this, don't misunderstand me. I have made progress. However, I have not arrived yet. I'm not there. I've got a long way to go. I've still got work to do. And then we see how he calibrates. He says, forgetting what's behind And straining towards what's ahead, all that God has for me, I press into this with every part of my being. He's calibrating, forgetting what's behind, looking ahead, straining to what God has for me, and I'm going to press into it. I'm going to press into it with everything I have. And so what we see in Paul's words is rather than being content with the progress that he's made, or rather than being content with what he's achieved, he's evaluated, he's recalibrated, and he's defined a pathway to move forward. And in doing so, when we think about, well, how does this apply to us? Paul has done a great job at defining a pathway for us, a plan for us that we can follow for a fresh, the freshest fresh start that we could possibly have in the new year. His plan is um, founded on his awareness of himself and his awareness of God. And, and he has made progress. I, I just want to prove the progress he made. Uh, when we first read about uh, Paul in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, this is how he's described. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So again, when we're introduced to Paul or Saul in Scripture, he is a Christian hater. But then we read in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, listen to this. This is Paul later. While he's been on this journey, now he says... I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Do you see the progress? He went from Christian hater, church hater, Jesus hater, to say, I want to know this Jesus. I want to know him with all of my heart. I want to know everything. I want to experience life to the fullest. You know what he was saying? God, I know you have more. 
I'm thankful for your goodness and your faithfulness. I'm thankful for the progress I've made. I'm thankful for what I've been able to achieve through you. But I'm not satisfied. I'm not content. I know you have more. And for us, if we are looking for a fresh start, and I, you know what? We could say, you know, every first Sunday New Year's message is the same. And in all honesty, it's pretty much same kind of content every year. But I'm, my prayer is that today we would hear this message of newness, of freshness, with fresh ears that are uh, anointed by the Holy Spirit so that something stirs in us like never, ever before. So if we're looking for a fresh start in this new year, despite any God-directed um, progress or, or, or achievements that we've made, we have to know there is more that God wants to do in our lives. I want to say that again. There's more. Do not be satisfied. Do not be content. There is more that God has for us. You know, last weekend, Pastor Trish did such a great job talking to us about Jeremiah 29, 11 and giving us some context of how really to read that. But here's what it says. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God has more. The context he gave us is that they had been suffering. They had been in bondage. And this was spoken to them while they were in the toughest of situations. And maybe this past year we felt like, how could it have gotten any worse? I mean, it's just, it just was so bleak. And God is saying, in the midst of that, yes, I was faithful I was true to my promises, and I have more for you. Even if this would be another tough year, we hope it's not, we pray it's not, but even if it were another tough year, God is saying, I have more for you. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has more. God's plans for us are greater than what we've already experienced. And the potential in us, the potential he's placed in us, is greater than what we're experiencing right now. So I believe that this is a direct word from the Lord for each one of us. God has more for you. It's greater than what you've already experienced. And the potential within you is going to rise up As you submit yourself and surrender to the Lord on a daily basis. Paul said, I'm going to press on into this. I'm going to pursue the more that God has for me. Listen, our experience in this new year, the freshness of our fresh start is going to be determined by the degree of our pursuit of God. It's going to be determined by the degree of our pursuit for God. So what does that mean? Well, we can see when we look at the verses, Paul wasn't just talk. How many of you at the first of a year, you've had some great talk? This is, I'm, gonna, I'm not talking about diets and exercise. I'm talking about in your spiritual life. I'm going to read the whole Bible through three times this year. Uh, I'm going to pray 20 out of the 24 hours of the day. Uh, I'm going to fast every day of the year. You know, I mean, obviously I'm exaggerating, but we have great talk, but we don't always set out a plan. 
And so what we see of Paul is Paul wasn't just taught. Paul had his plan. And his plan, again, consisted of, I'm going to make a break from the past. I'm going to fix my eyes on everything that God has for me, and I'm going to reach towards that goal. I'm going to break free from the past. I'm going to fix my eyes on everything God has for me, and I'm going to press in. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to pursue God so that I can reach my goal. Um, The freshness of our fresh start, actually, it requires a plan. Great dreams and stuff is really good up here, but one of the reasons it doesn't work itself out is we never, we never have a, we we never have a plan. So, if if we're going to experience fresh spiritual renewal, fresh fresh spiritual anointing, fresh spiritual ministry, uh, a, a newness in our emotional well-being, then we have to set a plan for spiritual growth, and we have to plan to work the plan. Would you agree with me on that? you got to have some kind of plan. What we become tomorrow is determined by what we do today. It, spiritual growth takes more than desire. It takes intentionality. So we, we need a plan. And so we, we want to help you develop a plan. We are prepared to help you develop a plan. Um, some of you in the room, I know that you live by a yearly spiritual growth plan. And others, you go, I tried it, I just haven't been able to. And some of you go, well, what is that? Well, if you will come on Wednesday night, January 12th, we're going to work through the process of what it means to develop a spiritual growth plan. A spiritual growth plan is not something that's overwhelming. It actually should be simple, and it should identify some of the areas of your life, your spiritual, your physical, your emotional, maybe your finances, your family, where you set a goal, a spiritual goal for each of those areas so that you have a navigation system for, for the year. It's something that you can go back to. It's real simple. It'll take us about an hour and ten minutes on that. But we want to help you develop a spiritual growth plan. Okay? I hope you're in. Now, you might have noticed while I was teaching, you might have thought, he forgot point two. No, I did it. I actually went one, three on purpose. And now I want to come to point two. I want to focus just a little more on... um, one of the aspects of Paul's plan, it's that he says, forgetting what is behind, breaking free from the past. Paul said, I'm, I'm going I'm to forget, forget what's behind. And think about it. He knew he had made progress. He had made, it. He, he had made progress. There were achievements that he had reached. But, he, but basically he said, I'm not going to hold on to the areas where I didn't make progress. I'm not going to bask in the areas I did make progress. Um, I'm not going to just live in this new year in, in my, in my uh, achievements. Maria, some of you weren't in here before the service started, but it's so, I was listening to the video, and I don't know if you guys heard it, but you captured in the video about a new year. It's time to put the past behind and, and move ahead to all that God has. And you, when you spoke that, I knew that this is prophetic. This is prophetic while you're speaking. And I believe that it is for this morning that God's calling us to forget what's behind, to break free. I'm not talking about forget the good memories or none of those things because we said we need to be 
considering celebrating God's faithfulness, but we can't hold on to those things as if there are trophies that we take into the new year. Paul was saying, I'm not going to let the past hold me back. For all of us, the past has the ability to hold us back, whether it be good or whether it be bad. It has the ability to to hinder us uh, from experiencing all that God has in the days ahead. Um, When we uh, walk through our daily life, through the process of a year, um, there are things that we take on and and that we begin to wear. Some of those can be bad attitudes. Anybody ever wore a bad attitude for any period of time in the new year, old year? Uh, Bad choices. Successes, um, betrayal. Uh, how about this one? Come up. Promotions at work, um, jealousy, envy, hurtful words, financial success, deceitfulness, failures. Been pretty busy up here. Uh, unforgiveness. And so as we're walking through the daily life of one year, we start picking these things up. We, and, and, and some of them fall off, but many of them we wear. We continue to wear things like betrayal and unforgiveness, or maybe it's our promotions at work and our achievements. We, we wear these things, but then the problem is we come to the points of fresh start and we... We keep on wearing it. We, we transport this into the future. In this case, we transport these things into the new year. And if we're going to carry all of these things with us, they're hindering us from experiencing the best plan that God has for our lives. They're going to hinder us from experiencing the greatest degree of spiritual growth. They're going to hinder us from hearing God's voice. Because we're dragging them around, we're wearing them, and it's of no benefit. So Paul said, forgetting, forgetting the past. In other words, I'm not, I'm not going to wear these. I'm not going to take them with me into the future. I'm just not going to do it because I want to experience all that God has for me. And so I will not... I will not transport these things with me into the future. For us, we would say, I will not transport these things with me into the new year. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.